and Amanda from Two Weird Moms. La 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 la. <laughs> oh, guys. <laughs> I knew with yours you were going to do like something corny. Yeah, you're fucking cornball. I know. It's I okay. Am. It's okay. We like corny. Welcome back, our witches, bitches, and weirdlings. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for joining us again for our Terrifying Tales Thursday. I don't know why I do that all the time, but I just like it. Well, I do stupid little fa-la-las and gobble-gobbles, and you do the ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. That's your thing. Mine is the other corny shit. I wish everybody could see your face when you did that. (laughs) That shit was hilarious. (laughs) Thanks for giving us your ear holes again. (laughs) (laughs) And we hope you loved the Mysteriously Morbid Monday. Yes, we hope you enjoyed it. And please, if you could, leave a review on Apple's iTunes for us. That we would really appreciate it. Also, if you can like and follow, we appreciate that as well. Yes, I am like so into... (laughs) Your weird voices tonight. I don't know. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Are you? (laughs) Yeah, that happened. Um, ladies and gentlemen, because we don't discriminate. What up, fellas? Hey guys. I felt like East Venter when I did. You you seriously looked like him. I don't know what it was, but um, like your mouth was moving, nothing was coming out, and then you said something. I was like. You look like one of those, like, Japanese movies or whatever. You know, when you watch it <laughs> and, like, the mouth moves, nothing comes, and all of a sudden the words come. You're like, what happened? It's like, what happened? Yeah. Like. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, does not match up. I don't know what happened. But it was, I mean, it's actually a talent, I think. It's a talent. I'm talented, motherfuckers. You are. So, Amanda, what is our terrifying tale? It is about the Los Feliz murder house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is very interesting. We like the interesting. Yes. When I was researching it, I was re- I got really into this story. Are we gonna shit in our pantalones? <laughs> like or our pantalones? It is it's definitely it's a sad it's sad. Okay. It is very sad. Damn. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean every murder is sad, so this is every murder is sad. I don't know. This one pulled at my heartstrings. You look a little concerned right now. I am. I don't wanna cry. It's sad. So. It's sad. so Nestled on a hill in Las Feliz sat a beautiful Spanish-style mansion at 2475 Glendower Place. This would be the site of the most horrific murder-suicide. The murders at this beautiful Spanish-style mansion could be summed up in a passage found in Dr. Pearson's copy of Dante's Divine Comedy that was found left open on the nightstand the night of the murder. What's Dante's comedy book? It's Dante's Divine Comedy, which is a book of poems. Oh. So the poem that the book was open to was, Midway upon the journey of our life, I found myself within a forest dark, for the straightforward pathway had been lost. Hmm. The Pearsons had it all, the American dream, what most of us 
only dream of. Dr. Harold Pearson had a great career in medicine, a beautiful wife, and three beautiful children, and lived in a stunning mansion on Los Feliz Hill in California. Knowing that Dr. Harold Pearson had it all, what could cause this American dream to turn into such a gruesome nightmare? Depression, mental illness? Yeah, it, the story is sad. They had mm. everything. The, they literally lived the American dream. It's this. It's sad. And it all changed when Harold's friendship with his so-called business partner, Edward Shustak, fell apart. Years earlier, Shustak offered, Her- offered Harold to turn his design for a new experimental medical device into a market-ready product. The device would outfit a syringe to inject substances from small glass capsules, which would make the injection safer and it would be less likely to get contaminated. Oh, cool. It was, I mean, he came up with a really good design. Like, Yeah. After working together for 11 years, Shustak allegedly tried to steal the design and cut Harold out of the deal. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Oh, This is where no. it all starts falling apart. I mean... Yeah. I understand. <laughs> it all starts falling apart here. What was to follow was a two-year legal battle in which Harold demanded $100,000 in damages, which, in today's world, was almost a million dollars. A fuck are you, Harold. Harold demanded... He's the one that his design was getting taken from. Oh. Wait, hold on. Edward is the one you want to say fuck you to. <laughs> Harold. <laughs> okay, so... It's Harold. Schu- Harold per- uh, Pearson is the doctor who lived. Oh, okay. Right. I mixed up their first names. Ed- Edwin Shustak is his so-called business partner. Okay, fuck you, Shustak. Who, yeah, who's the- he's the one who tried allegedly to cut him out of the deal and steal his and steal Harold's design. No, you didn't. Mm-hmm. The legal fees and the investment and in the development of the device ate away at the Pearsons' family finances. Harold would only be awarded. Are you ready for this? Twenty-four thousand dollars. That's it. Wow. And yep. he got all the rights to it? It didn't matter. Like, he lost everything. Everything was gone. It gets worse. Mm. Not long after that, the Pearson's children were in a car accident while his 16-year-old Jody was driving. Harold went to court to seek damages once again in the amount of $50,000. And once again, he did not receive what he asked for. He only got awarded enough to cover the children's medical treatment. Mm. From there, things began to fall apart. A letter from his 16-year-old daughter Jody to her aunt would say, and I'm quoting the letter that she wrote her aunt, My family are on a merry-go-round again. Same problems, same worries, only tenfold. My parents, so to speak, are in a bind financially. 16 years old? She's on, Yeah, she was only 16. Mm, that sucks. At this point, Dr. Pearson had experienced a number of coronaries, apparently a result of financial stress his family was under. Wow. However, it was re- later revealed that the coronaries were results of failed suicide attempts with powerful drugs. Oh my goodness. No. That's how depressed this guy was. He like, he... Well, I don't blame him. Like, his world is crumbling around him well, and he's worked so exactly, hard. Exactly, yeah. And when you feel like a failure, that shit eats away at you for a long time. I, that's why this I is so... That. This is sad. Yeah. This story is, is not... When I, you know, when we talked about doing this, but we hadn't researched it and I was reading it, I, this was not what I was expecting to find. This is such a tragic story. Damn, why people always gotta be like betraying you and shit that's nobody's real i just wish those type of people would stay with their type of people they and not bring it over here with that bullshit you don't know who they are because they're fake you're right they have a mask on that's the whole point of it like they make you trust them and then it all turns yeah that is fucked up and i understand and And there you go high school musical over here (laughs) (laughs) i'm waiting for her to get up and start dancing around (laughs) 
<laughs> just kidding. So just before the murder, Lillian, his wife, was considering committing Harold for mental illness. I mean, I don't blame her. She probably was really worried about him. I'm sure. As I would be. Yeah. Your love of your life is like crumbling before your eyes. Like you can't do anything about it. You're helpless. What do you do? Then like you're also risking them getting mad at you for that shit. Yeah. Like you betrayed them too. Oh shit. See, everything would come crumbling down December 6th, 1959, when Dr. Pearson decided to end it all and take them with him. The doctor would get up that early morning at 5 a.m., go downstairs to grab the ball-peen hammer, go back upstairs to the bedroom where his beautiful wife Lillian was fast asleep. He would hit Lillian so hard in the back of her head, the coroner said it left an inch-wide hole in the back of her skull. But poor Lillian did not die instantly. She would breathe for a short time after the attack and would die not from the blow to the back of her skull, but from asphyxiating on her own blood. Mm. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. That is so horrid. It gets even worse. Oh, my God. Harold then entered his eldest daughter's room, Jody's, and tried to deliver the same fate as her mother. He swung down the hammer to kill Jody, but she survived. She awoke to see her father standing over her with a bloody hammer. She would start screaming and trying to get away as her own father would tell her to be quiet and lay still. Oh, my God. She that could you imagine? No, no. No way. That is so I could not imagine sleeping and feeling safe and waking up to my father trying to kill me and then telling me to to stay still so he can murder you. Yeah, sure, Pops. It's fuck out of here with all that bullshit. Like and he just snapped. Harold. Like you, you don't fucking know, Harold. You don't know what's going through his head. He was so he was just what else could he do? Everything that he built for his family is gone. Yeah. And he basically had, like, a mental breakdown. I understand, like, that shit ain't no joke. No. It really isn't. But I wouldn't murder my, like, I don't know how people's minds go to, let me annihilate my family. I I don't understand that. I think maybe in his mind, he's thinking they have nothing left. And he doesn't want him, he doesn't want his family to suffer and have nothing. You know, that's just what I feel like he might be thinking. Not that it's right. I feel like maybe, maybe that was the the thought process of this. Just end it all and we can be together in the afterlife. Oh yeah, I guess. And not suffer. Well, what religion were they? Were they like Catholic? A lot of people said that they were Jewish. But is suicide allowed in Jewish religion? Uh, I don't know. Don't believe so. So then he's not going to heaven. But I feel like people who have been suicidal as he has, they don't think. They're not logically thinking. True, true. You know what I mean? You're right. It's not something I think he was thinking logically about. It was just the emotion has overwhelmed him. He had probably a nervous breakdown and was just acting on that emotions Mm -hmm. that he had. There was no logic to it. I mean, you could have just like poisoned them. You have to bash the fucking head in. You're right. You're right. So get this. The screams of Jody would awaken her 11-year-old sister, Debbie. She would go and see what was going on. Harold noticed his 11-year-old daughter and would leave Jody's bedside. He he would then tell his his daughter, go back to bed. It's just a nightmare. At that point, when he left Jody's bedside, she made her escape, running to her neighbor's house and calling the cops. Fuck yeah, Jody. Could you imagine the fear? And I, I couldn't imagine what she was feeling knowing she was leaving her siblings in the house with him. Yeah, and what he could do next. Right. But she probably was like, I have to run as fast as I can. Exactly. She's probably, the adrenaline running through her body at that point must have been insane. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God. Just to be, she was probably terrified i'm sure 
her own father was trying to kill her. That shit is crazy. With the same hammer that he killed his wife with. Her mom. Mm -hmm. After he told Debbie to go back to bed and that it was only a nightmare, he would then go into his bathroom and take a lethal dose of Nebutal and tranquilizers. Dr. Pierlston would be found deceased on the bathroom floor with the bloody hammer still in his hand. Wow. He was still clenching the hammer in his hand while he passed. That's sad. That's crazy. After the brutality of the murder of their mother and the suicide of their father, the children would be passed over to their aunt. Soon after the murders, the house at 2475 Glendower Place fell abandoned. It was finally sold in a probate auction to Emily and Julian. I apologize if I mispronounce this last name. Enriquez, who would use the home for storage. For decades, no one would live in that house. So they bought a home just to... Just for storage. They didn't... No one lived there. They didn't rent it out. They didn't move in there. They literally only used it to store things. Wow. Weird, right? To have money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Just to have a home just to store it? Yeah. That's crazy. The home was virtually untouched since that dreadful night of December 6, 1959. Ew. Nothing was touched. They didn't remove anything from that house. All the belongings were still there. Everything. Wow. Now, rumors have it, because you did have people, obviously, with a well-known incident that happened at the home. Mm-hmm. People knew no one lived in the home. So you would have people go and walk around and look inside the house. One of the reports stated that they still had a Christmas tree up with presents. Now, that's weird because it a lot of the people that knew the family said that they were Jewish so it's kind of doesn't make any sense but that was one of the reports from someone stating that they still had a Christmas tree and presents from the night of the murder like it was never taken down maybe they celebrated Christmas I don't know there's no picture of it no there's I do I did find pictures of the house um after you know the decades after the murder stuff like that so that will be posted up on Instagram and the Facebook and the Twitter at tourmoms.com. Well, that's our website, but you can catch us on all of those other social media outlets at tourmoms. So please check us out and share with your friends and like and follow us, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> now back to your story, Amanda. What are you, Elvis? Mm-hmm. <laughs> After Emily and... Julian passed away, the house would be passed on to their son, Rudy Enriquez, who continued to use the house only for storage. Neighbors would say they would see Rudy dropping boxes off and at times picking up items and leaving. So their son didn't live there either. I mean, I get it. I get why no one would want to live there. It's crazy. A terrible thing happened there, so it's tainted. In the 60 years of the home being abandoned, intrigued people would go to the home, investigate. There have been reports from paranormal investigators of moans and a disembodied female voice screaming no help me before falling silent no so there have been reports of paranormal activity and there was a report that they saw apparitions and um also orbs along with the disembodied voices the moans screaming for help before falling silent Mm. rudy was asked about the rumors of the house being haunted and he said he never thought of the home being haunted and the only spooky thing in that house was him he also told people to say their prayers in the morning and evening and they will be okay so i'm not sure why he said that but it was quoted of him saying that after being asked and i'm pretty sure he's just like you guys will be fine like it's the house isn't haunted that's how he felt yeah because in his religion they Mm -hmm. they passed over and went to heaven probably right 
Mm -hmm. That's what I'm thinking he probably thought. Right. Following Rudy's death in 2018, the home was put up for auction once again. It was sold to a couple for $2.3 million, and it was later revealed that a civil rights attorney and a true TV personality, and I love her, Lisa Bloom, and her husband are the couple that purchased the home. Oh, snap. Right? I love Lisa Bloom. Not good with names, you know that. She's kind of like... like, I'm good with fake. Not good, really good. I don't really... She sticks it. Like, she's just... She's good. I like her. She's on, like... True TV. Okay, she's a lawyer. Yeah, she's a civil rights attorney. You just said that. Right. I swear I'm paying attention, guys. I swear. (laughs) So I'm just a little tired, okay? I stayed up a little late editing, and it was terrible long week right now. So, yeah. But I can't wait to go to the macaroni grill. I know. We're going for your birthday dinner. What's up, macaroni grill? <laughs> Sponsorship. Sponsorship. <laughs> Bunch of fat asses up in heart. What up? They ha- actually had plans to renovate the home. So they removed everything from inside renovated it and moved in so the once beautiful spanish style mansion that sat abandoned for decades is now once again beautiful and inhabited <laughs> really i'm just saying inhabited inhabited i got real like professor ish there you got real lisa bloom over there <laughs> right she's awesome i like lisa bloom question mm-hmm. that house was an american horror story right I believe it was, yes. In the murder house, the yes. first one. I believe so, pretty sure. And not only that, but when it was abandoned, they had like the murder tours and stuff of California. That was one that they would drive by. And neighbors would also say that they would see like, one neighbor said that hookers would be so, like seen going in and out of the home. And the only thing that they did to that home was put security cameras up eventually because there was so many transit people going in and out of that home and living in it and squander and the home is beautiful and it's in a beautiful neighborhood yeah but if people know it's abandoned they'll take advantage so the only thing that was added to that home after that night was just security cameras and that was like years after the fact but it was on the murder tour in california said to be haunted which I'm sure, I believe it is. I believe when something tragic and unexpected happens and you lose your life, your energy stays with it. Not forever, but it's kind of like limbo, I guess. I believe that there's that every there's ghosts everywhere. I do. I believe that. I've seen apparitions. Mm-hmm. So have I. And I'm really into the paranormal. I know that. Yeah, I am. We all heard it when you try and get me over to do some shit. I know. Maybe one day, but I don't know. You know, I'm I'm running. I know. You <laughs> like, I would just run into, like, a tree or some shit. No, pitch would. black and... Yes, I would. We'll have to wear, like... And ant- combat boots, and we go in there. Yeah, but we'll have, like, the little headlamps on our head. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm, I forget. I regretted it as soon as I said it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, okay, mm, nope. In my head, I was like, I don't want to do it no more. Well, I'll sage us. We'll ground ourselves, center ourselves, protection. I just... Ants scare the shit out of me, guys. <laughs> I know you're. I know you are very allergic to them. I told you that's one thing I found out. I did not like about Florida. <laughs> well, this. I mean, yeah, California. I'm pretty sure has fire. I don't know. I can find out. My friend's the leader. Love you, my besties. What up, Sam? Too. She gave me a good review. Us good review too. Hey, girls. You we should appreciate uh, it. Brain fart. Yep. Then we should what? 
I was I forgot what I was gonna say. I'll hit you back on it when I figure it out. <laughs> hit you back. On I'll it. hit you back on it. I don't I don't know what I was gonna say. Oh, ask her about the house. Has she ever driven by it? Oh, I don't know. Where it's in Los Angeles. Yes, mm, she lives in San Diego. Mm. So, but we should definitely go there, right? I don't think we can now because Lisa Bloom lives there. I can still take a picture outside. You want to meet Lisa? What would you do if you met her? What up, Lisa? I like you, my girl. Stick it to him, girl. You don't even know it. No, she's all. I like her. She sticks it to him. She's awesome. I'm sounding a little weird right now (laughs) because I don't know what to say other than hey, she's awesome. She's cool. She cool. (laughs) (laughs) But. This is why I said that I felt like this was sad because it's not like it is sad it's on a, the whole every, thing. Yeah, it's, it's just, just they had this beautiful life and everything came crashing down. He's trying to commit suicide multiple times. His wife's ready to put him in a in an institute for mental illness, and then he ends up snapping and killing her and trying to kill his sixteen year old daughter, and then he kills himself. Yeah, that is sad. Because in that moment, he probably was thinking, like, I can't live without them, and I want to take them with me. Yeah, like, he doesn't want them to suffer because he feels inadequate as, the I'm sure, the breadwinner now that he can't take care of his family and give him the lifestyle that he once did. It's over, is what he felt, I'm sure. Not that it was necessarily over, but I don't think he was thinking, you know, in the future, he was thinking right right now he's very selfish i can't can't say selfish because i I don't feel like people who commit suicide or or try really understand at that moment i understand committing suicide but he also chose to take somebody else and that's not was not her choice you're right so that's a murderer i understand i'm saying in his mind and someone in that mind state i don't think he was just doing i think he felt like they would be better off because they would ha- they would be suffering. They wouldn't have the lifestyle. What life would it be? I don't think he was. That's what no, I feel. But like I he feel was like thinking. that he talked to his wife about it. No, I don't think people who want to die and commit suicide talk to their wives about anything. But if you did talk about it, that would help you. I understand. Obviously, he mm-hmm. had mental problems. But if he chose to actually talk about it with his wife, mm-hmm. open up to her, try to get the help that he needs, it would have gotten better. I'm sure. That's all I'm I'm saying. I agree with you. But But he chose to murder his wife. He chose to let emotions overrule logic. I just, I rolled the fuck out myself. I'm not trying. I'm just. Whatever. I understand. I'm an empathetic person. feel sad for him. I get it. It sucks. I'm not getting. But I don't feel like you should just annihilate your family because shit's going downhill. No. People have rough times all the fucking time. People get betrayed all the fucking time. Shitty things happen to people all the fucking time. And people do think about suicide. But the best way to get through that is to communicate with the person that you're with and love. If you love them so much, why would you try to take their life? You get what I'm saying? I don't know. I understand, like, he must have been, but that is a little selfish way to think about it. And that's something that we all should... If you, if you have mental illness, you should still be aware of other people around you, especially people that love you. And I'm not condoning his actions. And I'm not That's saying, all I'm saying. I agree with what he did. No, I'm not saying but that. I'm but I'm stepping back and, and trying to understand from his, in his shoes, 
and trying to think how he was thinking. I like to get in the mind of the person who is doing the act. The way I see it or the way I feel the situation was, was he wasn't thinking of the consequences. He wasn't thinking about being selfish. He wasn't thinking any of that. All I'm sure he was thinking is he had that snap and he, Again, everything was gone. How is his family going to live? How is he going to take care of his three kids? If he kills himself, how is his wife going to take care of the three kids? They have nothing. So he's probably thinking the best thing to do is take them with them. It's not going to be the life that they had. I don't agree with it. I think it is selfish for him to do that. But I can what, see both sides. But I'm not, I'm not saying he wasn't selfish. I'm just saying I don't feel, I do not think that he was thinking that. And of course, if you feel that way, you should be able to go to your significant other. Or somebody. And talk to them. But yes. there is some people that don't. They hide it. They want. They don't I mean, want to yeah. be looked at as weak. Understandable. There's. You got to realize that everybody goes through things. Everyone. Oh, I know. I go through things. So, I've been there and done that. I've been to points no, where... No, I'm saying... I'm just saying, everyone goes through that, so yeah. don't think that you're alone. And no. reach out to somebody if you do feel like that. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a. It's the worst feeling in the world to feel so alone. It's such a horrible feeling. And I, I think that's why I am the way I am. As you know, I'm very like... Um, I think that's why I am the way I am, because I'm very closed off, because I have been like betrayed, hurt, all that bullshit. So it's just like... We're the polar opposites. Like you're. Oh, I'm like close. fuck this shit. Fuck yeah. that. <laughs> I'm out. I'm. I'm like. I don't know. What would you come like, here? Give me a hug. Let's work it out. No. Yeah. I'm very empathetic, and I. I don't ever want someone to feel the way I felt. So I might. I don't be, want anybody to feel the way no, I, I felt either. But in certain situations, fuck this and fuck you. I'm out. Yeah, I'm not like that. Certain situations, I'm quiet. Don't I'm get not me wrong. all the time. Fucking rah rah. People always think that because I stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. Everyone's gonna fucking say about a strong female that she's a bitch, this that, and the other. Whatever. You just weak. You can't handle. What we're saying. I'm not saying go and be rude to people. That's not what I'm saying. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. rude to people. I help people. Like, I mm-hmm. do nice things. But I don't talk about it. Yeah, like, I'm not trying to get praise or anything. But I'm not trying to sound like I'm a fucking cunt over here. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying, for me, I don't. I'm just saying, I don't. I don't really know how I am. I think I'm just very. You're very like, chill, laid back. And I am, too, to a point. You are a very nice person. I know, to a fault. Yes, definitely to a fault. But you are a very nice person. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I but think I am. sometimes the- you need to harden yourself and protect yourself. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I can stick up for myself. I'm not saying it just, that. I'm just I know. saying sometimes you just need to protect yourself. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, I get what you're saying. Get pokey. <laughs> like a porcupine. Yes, girl. <laughs> Trammy ho. <laughs> <laughs> she just arched. <laughs> oh, guys, she literally arched her back like she was a porcupine. I'm dead. <laughs> I wish you guys could see it. Oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> I can't. You just snorted. I did. <laughs> that was hysterical. It's okay. I snort too. I seriously. <laughs> this is with you. Like, I, <laughs> it was was better than that. Like, I can't even reenact it. I reenact it, but <laughs> but uh, you get what I'm saying. You need to protect yourself. 
And that's why you need to be a bulky. <laughs> <laughs> we are having a night tonight. We are goofy. Yeah. But I, I do need to protect myself better, though. Right. Yes. I am. You are. You're always right. <laughs> Not always right. Most I mean, of the time on things, yes, you are. I mean. You call things. I'm going to give you that. You really do. Thanks. I appreciate it. At least someone appreciates it. Cause I do. Most people don't. Well, even if it's something you don't want to hear, at least you're honest. Yeah, and I expect somebody to be the same way towards me. Right. You know? So I appreciate that about you. Oh, thanks, so. Bill. Thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. I appreciate you too. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, I think that's... This is the end. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our weird things. <laughs> we will miss you, but until next time. Creep. Yeah. Later. Later.